values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. The Eagles just announced the return to the Footprint Center March 1st, 2023 for their Hotel California 2023 tour. Tickets go on sale today at 10, so they are on sale right now. But you can win a pair by visiting the contest page at KTAR.com. Let's go over a couple of things that have happened. Um, and this is uh, – they're both sides are guilty. And both sides have reason to be angry at times. Cooler heads have to prevail. Um, I think the Hobbs campaign made a horrible mistake in the way that they released the statement in haste before there was any evidence of any wrongdoing by anyone that was politically motivated in the burglary of the office for governor of the secretary of state's campaign office. Um, They made a statement. They made an emphatic statement. It is in big, bold letters. It was on social media. And I'm just going to read the parts of it that I think are are were either (sighs) premature. Let's do that. Um, Secretary Hobbs and her staff have faced hundreds of death threats and threats of violence over the course of the campaign. Throughout this race, we have been clear that the safety of our staff and secretary is our number one priority. Let's be clear. For nearly two years, Carrie Lake and her allies have been spreading dangerous misinformation and inciting threats against anyone they see fit. The threats against Arizonans attempting to exercise their constitutional rights and their attacks on elected officials are the direct result of a concerted campaign of lies and intimidation. I certainly would not have done that when she did it. Now, they arrested someone, and this is where it gets interesting. They arrested someone for this, and it turns out there appears to be zero political motivation. This was someone that had also been arrested for a previous burglary. He is a convicted felon. He is a burglar by trade, apparently, or at least has committed a couple of burglaries and had nothing to do with politics, none whatsoever. So – After starting the fire, after coming out and making that statement after her office was burglarized, they were at an event for pro-choice and they were asked by the media about the accusation. What was taken from your campaign office? And I'm do you have reason about, to believe that this was politically motivated? Today. I'm not talking it's about It's kind of a big deal, though, that your campaign office was broken into. I think do we, do access we, do you, to safe and legal abortion is kind of a big deal, and that's what we're here to talk do about. Do you have reason to believe it was politically motivated? We're not going to go not beyond the statement at this time. So now they don't want to talk about it, and I think it's a mistake. I think all of it's a mistake. They shouldn't have prematurely come out and said that. You know, the media um, learned its lesson. And when I say uh, Jussie Smollett, I'm not. I am not insinuating that Katie Hobbs had her own office burglarized. The the similarity to this, from my point of view, is that the media jumped on the Jussie Smollett story as in gospel truth without doing their homework. They really had no reason to not believe him. But they should have learned their lesson that when you jump the gun without doing some due diligence, you may find out down the road that you jumped the gun. And that certainly is what happened here. First, by the secretary of state, the candidate for governor, they jumped the gun with that statement that they made. And instead of coming back and admitting that now they don't want to talk about it, which, again, fuels the fire of them hiding. I'm not accusing them of that. That's the perception, not debating hiding, not making comments. So you you blast this statement on social media. The media around town grabs a hold of it. They run with the story. As a matter of fact, you're going to hear a little bit of that in a moment of, of them running with this story. And when that when you, you see all this going on, people are saying, hang on a minute. 
Hang on a minute. I want you to hear. This is Carrie Lake reading a couple of the headlines. This ran on NBC News all day. Says GOP incitement incites break-in at the campaign headquarters, Hobbs campaign headquarters. And look at the picture they picked. Look at this one. AZ Dem governor candidate Katie Hobbs blames GOP incitement for break-in at campaign headquarters. Again, MSNBC, an arm of the Democrat Party. So when... When it turns out to not be right, is it then the obligation of the media to hound Katie Hobbs for an apology or an explanation? I don't know that it is or it isn't. I'm asking the question. If the tables were turned, would they be – every time Carrie Lake gets asked questions, she's asked about election denial. She's asked about all these things. She's come back and pushed back hard against it. This is not a defense of Carrie Lake. and It is not a criticism of Katie Hobbs. It's an observation and a question. If you're going to push hard in one direction and you find out you've pushed the wrong way, are you are you respond? Is it the responsible thing to do to push in the other direction? Now, I, I said this earlier. I'm going to say it again. If I were the secretary of state and I'm not a media advisor, I'm not a campaign advisor, I'm not a strategist. I'm just telling you what I would want to hear. And that's what I would advise a candidate to do. If I were the secretary of state, I would not cave in completely, but I would say this. We have all seen examples of extremism and extremist behavior during these campaigns. We have seen people behave very badly. I jumped to a conclusion that I shouldn't have. I jumped to the conclusion that it was the rhetoric of my opponent that again caused people to behave badly. In this case, it turned out that's not true. So for that, I apologize. But I jumped to that conclusion based on the multitude of information and evidence I've seen in front of me. And that's how I would have handled it. But when you I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. But you started this fire. You put out this big, bold statement on social media that started this fire. And now you want to run from the fire and say somebody else put it out. That's not fair either. Now I'm going to go to something else. Um, there was a graphic that Fox 10 had up on the screen, and they've, they made a statement about this. I'm gonna, I want to read this to you. This is the statement by Fox 10, and I'll tell you what happened after if you didn't see it. At 5.50 p.m. during the Fox 10 newscast today, a small graphic appeared on the lower left side of the screen showing test results for the upcoming election. These were generated by the Associated Press, which distributes results to clients. The graphic was never meant to go on air. The numbers were only part of a test. The station has taken steps to make sure this cannot happen again. Um, I do not believe this was intentional. And people on my side of the aisle right now are screaming at me for saying it. There is no reason. I, I will tell you, and I want you just to think about this. If, And I'm not saying all of Fox. If there was someone at Fox 10. If there was somebody over there that had was making plans to be a part of stealing the election, why would they do this? Why would they do this 12 days before the election? What you've just done is let the cat out of the bag. What you have just done is expose your plans way before the election. What you have just done is also given a great deal of information to the person you're trying to defeat if that's in fact what they were trying to do. You couple that with the thing that I will tell you, and I mean this, you know, I know people over at Fox 10. Um, I've known them for years, and I, I believe with all of my heart that none of those good people over there 
whether it's Troy Hayden or or John Hook or or Corey McCloskey, um, any of them. Christina Carilla, none, and I don't really know her, but I know the others fairly well, that any of them would be a part of something that would be nefarious like that. I don't believe that to be true. Do I think the late campaign had plenty of reason to be upset that it went up there? Sure. But was it intentional? Was it part of a bigger plot? I don't believe that to be true. I don't. And this is where people have to calm down, that we, we understand that mistakes happen. Was it an ill-timed mistake? Absolutely. Did it come in a horrible time? Absolutely. And I think probably if you talk to people at Fox 10, they would say so. But to make an accusation from people that have been in this industry, that have been honest and for a long, long time, and just want to do a good job, and they truly have over there at Fox 10, to, to now all of a sudden say that they're in on some conspiracy to steal the election isn't a fair statement to make. Different from the Hobbs Lake battle that's going on, but I think the Secretary of State started that fire with that statement she made, and she is obligated, in my opinion, she is obligated to make a statement in reverse to put the fire out. And so that they're not. They're doubling down. Uh, in a moment, we're going to talk about uh, most Americans are concerned that their children may not be able to live the American dream. We'll discuss that coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. I was ever tempted to just listen to a whole song during the show. This would be it right now. Uh, thanks for being here. Happy Friday from the Mike Broomhead Show. Um, a very concerning headline. I talked about this earlier, and I don't mean to get too melodramatic about stuff, but when people run out of hope, when you lose hope, that's when all is lost. I mean that sincerely. It, it, difficult times are, are hard. I mean, it's, it, it, it makes you angry. It's upsetting. It's depressing. It's exhausting. But if you feel like it's never going to end, if you feel like you can't beat it, if you feel like you'll never get over the hump. Why try? Why try? Um, endurance comes from understanding that the worst is behind us. We have gone through the worst of this. Let's just keep going. We're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. It's not going to be easy, but we will get through it. That's hope. When you see a headline that says most Americans believe the American dream is out of reach for their kids, that's hopeless. That's, that's disastrous, in my opinion. We are going through a very tough economic time, and we have reason to be nervous because it doesn't look like anybody in this administration is admitting there's even a crisis. That is part of the problem. Amazon shares crash after disappointing third quarter. Amazon is also warning that there will be or there could be a very dramatic slowdown for the holiday season. Isn't it interesting that you see places like Amazon now focusing on layaway? Uh, think about that. Uh, you know, that layaway was something I grew up with. You know, I, I, we, I've talked about our family. We didn't have a whole lot of money. Layaway was how we lived when I was a kid. Always had stuff on layaway. Go to Kmart, put a little on it, put a little on it. Finally, you're able to get it by Christmas present starting in September so that by December you've got it paid off. And so they're doing that now on Amazon. They're taking SNAP, which is food assistance. So you're now able to buy groceries delivered to your home on Amazon, and they are taking government assistance for food purchases. They are not – they are right now not betting 
on wealthy consumers. They are betting on the least wealthy consumers. That should tell you a significant story of where the business world believes things are heading. Um, Credit card debt has returned to levels before COVID-19. This is another headline. Living paycheck to paycheck has become the norm. Inflation takes its toll on American finances as emergency funds run dry. Now I want to get into something that's going to be very controversial. The House Republicans um, on the Chief Tax Writing Ways and Means Committee are seeking to make the tax cuts and adjustments enacted in 2017, um, the overhaul of the tax system, permanent. A move economists say would stimulate the economy at the same time the Federal Reserve is trying to rein in demand against a 40-year high inflation. Ways and Means Republicans touted a proposal on Wednesday that would extend a tax provision in the Trump administration Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It would renew a 20% deduction for businesses, maintain a higher standard of deduction, and extend lower tax rates for households. Um, Let me explain why I think there's hypocrisy in the people that don't like this idea. Um, As the President of the United States has gone on an all-out war against uh, capitalism, he has gone out against the oil companies that have seen profits and other companies. He has gone after now fees that are charged by private businesses as the cause of why people don't have much money. So the extra fees that you're going to pay for a seat on an airplane. Do you, uh, let me. I'm going to ask a question about the poorest among us, the ones that have the least amount of, of discretionary income. Um, Do you think the airlines – let's say that the president is successful in getting rid of these overt fees in these areas. Do you believe in your heart of hearts that the airlines are going to forego that revenue? The answer we all know is no. So instead of me or you being able to spend an extra $59 for more legroom on a plane, now you've got to char- on a first-come, first-served basis charge the same for those seats that you do for other seats. That 59 bucks is spread over everybody else's tickets. If they're not going to be able to charge a specific fee for concert tickets and the things, which is we all know is annoying. I'm not saying it's not annoying. I'm not saying that when a concert ticket is 65 bucks and by the time you check out it's 93 that that's a good thing. But if you think that those organizations aren't going to find a way to pass that expense along to everybody else, you're wrong. You know they will. It's going to happen. So instead of somebody that's on a budget that says, you know what, I don't need the extra legroom on a two-hour flight to Dallas, so I'm going to spend $59 less and I'm going to sit here. It is one of those things that I think it doesn't do much good. But when you go after organizations, when you go after private industry and you say you are charging the American people too much, it's your obligation to give them back some of their money for the services you provide. And then you mock a tax cut, which is you when you're receiving record revenue into the United States Treasury saying we need to cut our spending in the government and we need to give the American taxpayer more of their money so they can keep their heads above water financially. You're not doing that. You're actually raising taxes on a segment of society while you're complaining about capitalism taking more money from people. It's unfair and it's ridiculous. It it is just blatantly ridiculous. Why are people so outraged at Elon Musk and the Twitter takeover? It's one of the funniest stories of the day. The guy bought a business and he's trolling the entire world and they are losing their minds. We'll discuss it next. (laughs) 
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, I want to uh, invite you to join a remarkable program we have going on here, and it is a pay tribute to a teacher program. If you know a remarkable teacher that is deserving of a $2,500 check, just text the word TEACHER to 411923 to nominate that teacher for pay tribute to a teacher. That's TEACHER to 411923, and pay tribute to a teacher is presented by your Valley Toyota dealers. Um, so let's talk about Elon Musk and Twitter. Uh, the dad joke of the year goes to Elon Musk. There's no doubt about it. If you didn't see what happened, he walked into Twitter carrying a sink. And the tweet was, let that sink in. That, to me, was just the biggest dad joke. But he is trolling the entire world. Um I want you to hear uh, this is part of an ABC story on what this means, the changes might mean under Elon Musk. Is a free speech absolutist. We know that he's pledged to limit content moderation and emphasis of free speech. What that's going to look like, we just don't know yet. We do know he wants to customize Twitter in some way to give users their own sort of curated experience, the way you might go online and choose a video game or a movie to watch. Again, there are no details yet. But what changes did he make day one? Musk wasting no time shaking things up. His first order of business was to fire several top executives, including the CEO and CFO, after closing this deal, originally valued at $44 billion. Then, of course, he tweeted, saying, the bird is freed. So now we are going to talk about about speech for a moment, because I'm going to read some headlines to you. Elon Musk's Twitter takeover makes the left lose it. It's like the gates of hell have opened. <laughs> How will Twitter change as a private company? AP sources, Musk in control of Twitter, oust top executives. Everybody realizes, A, you do not have to have a Twitter account. And B, Twitter is not a real place. Uh, you were all aware of that, correct? You don't have to go there. The idea, the idea that we are going to moderate speech so that it's appropriate is absolutely absurd when you look at what people deem appropriate and inappropriate. So you take the former president of the United States off the platform because you don't like the inflammatory things he says. But Vladimir Putin has a Twitter account. Iranians and terrorists and ISIS have access to Twitter. It is it's mind numbing. It is absolutely mind-numbing. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I like Twitter. I like it a lot because it's mean. I know that sounds horrible. I'm just being honest about my personality. Uh, people are mean to me on Twitter. I laugh at most of it. I really do get a kick out of most of it. It is about freedom of speech. We all understand there are things we have a right to say, and then there are things that we should say, and they don't always match up. I have a right if I wanted to, if I was if I was scrolling or should I say trolling Twitter and I saw a picture of families right now with their kids in costume or they're out at the pumpkin patch. And if they're out and I have a right to make a comment on that picture, that those are the ugliest children I have ever seen in my life. Horrible thing to say. Not going to come arrest me, nor should they. It's just a horrible thing to say. Go and look at some of the things that are said on Twitter, on both sides of the political aisle. It's not just divided politically. 
but it, it is a platform where people can speak their mind, where you have very frustrated people that are usually anonymous that just are on there to say horrible things to people. And when you let them get under your skin to the point where you genuinely are angry that some anonymous troll is saying something horrible, they've won. Shut it off. Block them. I interact with people because I like to. I really do like to. Um, It is a good place to interact, but you take the good with the bad. And when somebody shows themselves to be angry or, or just plain looking for a fight and not a conversation, I ignore them. I ignore them. But the idea that somehow what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter is wrong and dangerous shows you, let's be honest, it shows you how much control of the messaging the leaders at Twitter had. Shadow banning and pushing people down and blocking content that they disagreed with. So you can go on there and make outrageous comments and statements about people. But if you were to say something about people that don't want to get the vaccine or talk about the vaccine and its its uh, its downside and side effects, that's dangerous. And they're going to block your content or put a warning label over it. All in the interest of free speech and accuracy. It is absolutely absurd. And the fact that we as a country are, are so obsessed with what's happening there. There are people that are calling this dangerous. Dangerous. And it is, again, it's part of the, the, the um, MO of silencing people. Call them a liar. Then their lies are dangerous. And they're a threat. So we've got to stop the threat. We all we don't want threats. That's a threat. That is threatening our democracy. Those statements are threatening our democracy. It is incredible. Um, the editor-in-chief of the Federalist, Molly, Molly Hemingway, described the firings as an excellent start to Musk's tenure as Twitter. But other people are talking about how this is going to be dangerous. President Trump back on Twitter. Oh, that's dangerous. You can watch YouTube and watch people get their heads cut off. You know, you can see murders. There's there's a there was a sad video and I can't remember uh, the 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 name of the hip hop artist, a very young hip hop artist recently was doing a video like a, a video conference, whether it was FaceTiming or something. He was sitting in his car and he was FaceTiming with someone and he was murdered. Somebody walked up to his car and shot him five or six times in the car. And the video is available on YouTube. You can go and find it. It, 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 His his whatever his hip hop name is had something to do with had the word Indian in it. But I don't remember his name. As you might be shocked, I'm not very familiar with today's hip hop artists. But the fact that you go and you see this kid get murdered, you can hear him mouthing the word help, help, help. Smoke inside the car from the gun flash. You can find all of that on YouTube. That's not dangerous. That's not inappropriate. But. They deem things inappropriate that are politically opposed to what they think. They have a right to do what they want with their platform. But so does Elon Musk. He could shut it down. He could buy Twitter for $44 billion, fire everybody, own the platform, and shut it down if he wants to. Who cares? It's social media. We live in a world where... 
people get their news from social media and only believe what they want to believe and what they want to hear. So therefore, we have to dumb it down and make sure we tell the version of the truth we want. So this is an example of what I was saying before. When the White House wanted to make sure you were only getting the truth and they were going to fact check everything and tell you what the truth is, I said, just wait. Wait until somebody you disagree with is in charge of that office of what the truth is. Well, now you're getting a taste of it. The owners of Twitter were opposed in a number of ways from the political views of an Elon Musk. Now, he is at the helm. Now, how about if he only allows things that he agrees with on the platform? What if they push down what they call lies and they start shadow banning people that disagree with them politically? How would you feel about that? You're going to be outraged, just like the other side was when it was happening to them. If we're going to advocate for the First Amendment, we have to advocate for speech we disagree with as well as the speech we agree with. That's free speech. That's free speech. And we don't have that right now. In many places, the cancel culture is if you say something wrong or you say it the wrong way, we are going to ruin you. We're going to take your livelihood away from you, and we are going to get you banned, and you are a horrible person because you said something inappropriate or you said something in the wrong way. We got to end it. I just think it needs to stop. In a moment, um, uh, there is something different. A 61-year-old man was pulled over on suspicion of human trafficking. He ended up in prison for a very long time for crimes that are far worse. We're going to tell you a border story coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, happy Friday from the Mike Broomhead Show. The Eagles have announced they are returning to the Footprint Center March 1st, 2023 for the Hotel California 2023 Tour. Tickets are on sale today, but if you want to try to win a pair, head over to the contest page at KTAR.com. So uh, we have been kind of focusing a little bit more on some of the things at the border that are not the usual political fallout, but they are important things that people need to understand. Uh, If you've not seen a couple of things, I think everyone needs to witness. And if you can't witness it in person, you can certainly see it online. Um, I would I would say it would be valuable for anybody in Arizona, especially if you consider yourself an environmentalist. I think you should um, do a search engine, search Google, whatever you use. You should search trash at the southern border. The clothing and trash and human waste and things that are being left behind by people that are so desperate to get somewhere, they can't carry things anymore. I don't know that anybody intends to litter, but look at what's in the washes. You know, as they make their way um, through the washes like trails and they, the coyotes that are bringing people in, the these human smugglers use them like roadways and they walk through these washes. The, the amount of waste and trash and debris that is is left behind is staggering. Go look it up. You'd be ama- you're going to be amazed at what you see. People need to understand that. When you see pictures of what it looks like, where how people are being herded and waiting and how there are federal workers that are trying to process people are so severely outnumbered by the wave of humanity that's coming here. It is um, shocking to see those numbers of people that are coming. The other thing that people need to know about and, and should be un- – unfortunately, you need to be aware of is a story like this. A Phoenix man has been sentenced to 15 years in federal prison. After law enforcement discovered evidence of child pornography on his phone and he was attempting to smuggle people into the U.S., Robert Yost, 61, pleaded guilty in a court to conspiracy to sex traffic children. 
and production of child pornography, as well as conspiracy to transport illegal aliens for profit. Um, the sexual exploitation is not solely a border issue by any stretch, and I am not trying to – again, I want to give a disclaimer because if you hear me talk about the border once, I've talked about it a hundred times and how I feel and understand the plight of people that are coming here. But what we also have to know, recognize is we don't – we do not know the difference at face value of who's coming here, what their intentions are. When you are when we are part of the opportunistic um, predatory behavior of these people, when they realize and the cartels know that these are desperate people, they don't have money, they don't have resources and they don't have protection. So the cartels are abusing people and forcing them into the sex trade. And then you get guys like this guy that realizes people that are coming here illegally have little protection to help them and they're preying upon children. It's Friday. We all want to kind of lighten up a little bit, and I think we should. But if we are not aware of the disgusting underbelly of what's happening, nothing gets fixed. It needs to be fixed. I want to focus on the good people that want to come here. I want to provide, as an American, I want to provide the American dream to anybody that's willing to work hard for it. I love the idea of people coming here. They don't have to be formally educated. They don't have to be wealthy. They have to be willing to work. They have to come here and be willing to change their life and the lives of their family members. To me, that's the requirement to be an American. That's what that statute of Liberty, which I think was dedicated. Today's the anniversary of the dedication. And not only is that a symbol of Americanism and that that poem that says, give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. I believe that to be true in America. We don't we should not just be recruiting the the best and the brightest as far as education goes or wealth goes from other countries. That's great for people that want to come here and do that. But the real American stories are the stories of people that come here and in one generation have change the trajectory of their family. They bring young children. Those young children grow up. They're all citizens. They have children of their own. And now that's a first generation American that's been born here. That's an amazing story for anyone. But we have to at the same time understand that that's not the only story, that there are many people that come here believing that they are going to live the American dream and they live a nightmare. They're brought here. They then become the slaves, literally the property and slaves of the cartels and are forced into the, these girls are being forced into the sex trade. And guys like this exist that are preying upon people that he knows really can't do anything to fend for themselves. And if we don't focus on that and say if for no other reason we have to have a more orderly way for people to come and stay in this country, this should change all of our hearts. This should change all of our minds. Yes, we should strive for a system of immigration that is fair to the world and to America. That makes us better and it makes the rest of the world better. We should rejoice in the the amount of attention that's paid to our border and the number of people that want to come here. That should be a sign that we're doing the right thing, that in spite of the infighting and the people that say they hate America and the haters from inside our country, that the rest of the world still sees us as that shining city on the hill. That we should always strive for that. But at the same time, we have to recognize we are making sure, or at least if not making sure, we certainly are enabling the predators. We are enabling the cartels and other predators to prey upon the weak. That is not who we are as a country. That is not the America I grew up in. That's not the America I want to be associated with. 
We have got to force our Congress, by virtue of our vote, to stand up and pass legislation. And then when it crosses the president's desk, he has to sign it. And if he doesn't, he will pay the political price for it, period. And we we complain about the border. We argue about the border. But are we really in an effort to do something about the border? That these stories are going to keep coming, and I'm going to keep telling them because I think it's important for our eyes to be open to the totality of what's happening at the southern border of the United States. It was, uh, it was, um, it was something. Uh, these stories break my heart when I read them. What we're going to do just after eleven o'clock is we're going to go back to what I think is the number one story that's been going on, especially with the political campaigns, and that is what's happened in the last few days with the burglary of the Secretary of State's office in Katie Hobbs. The comments she made in a statement about it, the response from Carrie Lake, the battle with the media—is there validity to this? Is there a valid conversation about how the media treats people, and should it be differently, or is this all about campaigns? Next.